everybody. Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to the Game Dev Breakdown podcast. This time we're talking to Michael Hicks of Michael Arts Games. He's the creator of Path of Modus, which is available on a variety of platforms, including a couple of consoles. We're going to talk about his experience with shipping to different consoles, how it works, what the uh, challenges are. And he's also recently been quoted by Polygon about the ongoing issues between developers and Steam. So his insight's really great. He's a super sincere guy who's very fun to talk to. So uh, hang out and enjoy my chat with Michael. Michael Hicks, thanks for uh, jumping on a call with me. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I met you at St. Louis Pixel Pop in 20... I want to say 17? Was that the one where you came came in? Uh, yeah, I've been to, I think, all of them... For some reason, I want to think it was 2016. I remember oh, I, I, I had you uh, take a picture. Is that right? That, that was how we met. I, I sat in the uh, front okay. row because I was already there sort of taking pictures and hoping to write an article about everything. Yeah. And uh, you came up to me and said, hey, would you mind taking some pictures? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And, <laughs> yeah. and what struck me about that was uh, just like I was coming to sort of work throughout the day alone on the whole thing, you had clearly also come alone to do your thing and, and uh, you know, take in the festival and... And uh, we we're just two lone wolves crossing yeah. paths. <laughs> well, yeah, you really saved the day because some people wanted me to get pictures. I think it was my mom and somebody else in my family. Were like, get pictures. I'm like, well, I'm not sure how I'll do that. I'll just have to find somebody in the audience that's nice enough to do it. And luckily, you saved the day. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I just I just did a uh, code.org event at uh, Highland uh, Middle School. And okay. My my family did the same thing. My wife usually likes to come with me to stuff, and she's like, I can't believe it. I've got work. I can't do it. I'm like, no, uh, I, I totally get it. So I actually took a couple of selfies while we were <laughs> doing the whole thing. I guess I could have done that, too. I'm just not a selfie person. I don't know. I feel weird doing that. So. It, it's unnatural, but that's the way of the world now. Yeah, that's how it works, yeah. So I wanted to pull you on because uh, you are an indie developer also based in the Midwest, and the number of things you've accomplished <laughs> as an indie um, – it's pretty staggering, actually, and I wanted to kind of go through some of your experience and ask some questions about the sort of the indie landscape right now. And um, your correct me if I'm wrong, but your most recent project is Path of Modus, which is available on a variety of platforms now. Yes, yep, that came out in July 2018, and it's for uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam, and. Uh, I'll give you the exclusive. We're actually going to launch on Switch in a couple of weeks. We're having oh. a pre-order that opens next week, so you got the first scoop on that. <laughs> that is awesome. That's going to yeah. go great with the Switch uh, setup and everything. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of people have said that I've played at conventions and stuff. They said, this strikes me as a Nintendo game, and the artist that worked <laughs> on it, he's definitely a big Nintendo guy. So I think it's going to have a nice home there, hopefully. so. I, I love that. That kind of comes across in his art. I could kind of see that. Yeah, and a lot of people have said that uh, Modus, I think the teenage version of Modus looks like Link. I think people have said <laughs> that. But it's funny that uh, when he was working on that character, uh, Breath of the Wild came out, and he was like watching YouTube videos of it on the side. Yeah. So I think that like subconsciously kind of came through. So <laughs> Yeah, in a good way. I think that was probably meant to be. Yeah, yeah, it worked out, I think. So um, now, beside Path of Modus... Being that you've accomplished a, a great number of you know independent projects of your own, be be them video games, be it music, um, what what do you consider kind of your portfolio pieces? What's the stuff you're kind of most proud of? Uh, yeah, I mean I've been making music and games for a long time, but I feel like my last two recent projects are the ones I'm most proud of. So that would be the Path of Modus, and then in 2015 I released a game called Pillar mm -hmm. for PlayStation 4, and we recently uh, ported it to Xbox One. 
and it's on Steam as well. But those two are the games I'm most proud of. But uh, I try to always do better with each one. So hopefully in a couple of years, I'm more proud of the next project. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know that your your music is a very important part of your game projects. Do you work on music outside of games just to stand on their own? Or uh, how's it fit in for you? Yeah, I mean, I was a musician before I was doing this. Like, originally, I wanted to be a professional musician. Um, in high school, I was in a band, and we played some shows in the local area in St. Louis and stuff. And I was I was actually, I made a few games before that, and then I kind of stopped the game thing because I was just so sure that I was going to be in a band and do the music thing. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the, uh, I like recording music. I don't like performing live a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and I also, I like to make kind of moody music that kind of sets... Like, I think I'm better set for, like, soundtrack work, if that makes sense. Sure. So it was kind of a natural fit. So I haven't really played in a band uh, or, or, like, played shows really a whole lot in the last few years. I've just been doing music for my games. But uh, it started, I was in a band. <laughs> but things yeah. changed. So. Understood, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really not a bad time to be a soundtrack vibe kind of musician or composer because uh, with all the streaming services and all the places to put your work out now, like, those people are finding an audience better than they probably have since, uh, yeah. you know, the classical music era. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, it's, uh, I found a whole bunch of weird music all because of YouTube. Like, I'll start, like, on something normal, and then, like, it just, you, go, you go down the rabbit hole, and you're finding like, all this weird stuff and all these genres that you've never been into before. So that's really yeah. cool, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, considering a lot of people have probably come up with plans like yourself, I'd love to ship a console game, and I'd love to make this, you know, this project or that project, you seem to have a pretty good track record and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, of uh, pushing through and seeing those things through to completion. And I kind of want to talk to you about that motor <laughs> you seem to have. And uh, you'll have to tell me if, if I'm right or wrong about, you know, maybe you just start way more things than anyone else. But I, I have a sense that you you start something and you stick with it and you ship it out. Yeah, that's, yeah. I uh, It's hard for me to, like, give up on a project. And that's kind of been a, uh, maybe a problem I've had in the past. Because sometimes I have ideas I don't, probably aren't the best ideas but as soon as i start something it's like oh i have to finish it you know like it's like a commitment type of thing yeah um but yeah i mean i i've actually released at least one album every year since 2009 and there's been some years in there where i've actually had two or three albums wow um so the music <laughs> output's been pretty consistent but my game output i've actually feel like has stagnated a little bit because we've spent basically pillar took two and a half years and the path of modus took three years that was a lot longer than what we wanted originally modus was just going to take one year and I've had to learn a lot about, uh, I feel like the biggest mistakes I've made on Modus was like production choices, um, basically making things as hard as possible for us. You know, we're, we're just two people and I, you know, each level in the game is totally different art and there's not a lot of stuff yeah. that can be reused and there's totally new music for every, you know, I think most, most people that design games, they try to build like one system and then just make a bunch of content for that system. But I've been not doing that and just making life harder for us. So yeah. I had to learn some lessons about production. So I'm hoping that my game output can be a little more, uh, at least every year or so, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think when people hear this, they'll probably take an interest in your full, like, uh, life story may be a drastic phrase, but like to know more about your background. And I'm, I'm wondering, is that talk you gave at pixel pop? Is that online anywhere? Yeah, actually, um, you can go to pathofmodus.com, and the okay. vi that video is actually right there on the homepage. I don't think it's saying too much that uh, if people are interested in learning a, a little bit more about you, one way to do it is to play through the Path of Modus, and I won't say any more. <laughs> yeah, is that fair? That. Yeah, I don't want to spoil everything, but yeah. 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 
So, uh, and imagine my surprise when I was like, yeah, I'm talking to this guy on Friday. Maybe, you know, I've been wanting to check this out anyway, and let me go ahead and do that. Oh, great. Good. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I guess that was helpful to you, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Great, great interview prep. So, um, when, when it came to indie game development as, as, you know, something you're really going to take a push at, like either way you were going to go for a creative career, like you wanted to do music as well. And so maybe it wasn't necessarily like, well, I can either be a game developer or I can go learn accounting. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't as hard a choice, you know? Well, uh, well, you mean like, uh, how did I come to like my career choice? Is that what the question it's, is? It's tough. Cause I think for a lot of indies, they do come to that point where they go like, I could really take a run at this, but it would make more sense if I went to go learn how to sell used cars. Yeah, like do something more uh, financially. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. Sound, perhaps, yeah. Well, see, I started doing this when I was really young. Um, like, I, I kind of stumbled into doing this when I was like 18. That's mm-hmm. when my first professional game came out for Xbox 360. And uh, it was just like, um, like I, I really didn't expect anything. I just kind of, it was a dream that I wanted to make like an Xbox 360 game. And they had the tools where anyone could make an Xbox 360 game. And I thought yeah. that was cool. It really didn't, it wasn't much deeper thought process than that. But then when I put the game up, um, I think it had like five or 6,000 downloads, and I was really surprised that I even got that much, and especially for something that I had just like thrown up haphazardly. And that's when I was like, whoa, maybe if I actually put in some effort into this, this could be a career. Yeah. And even some people on the message board for the uh, indie channel are like, I can't believe you got that many downloads. I mean, it wasn't that <laughs> amazing, but it, it was better than what some people were doing. I was like, well, maybe I can give this a go then if I'm getting some type of results. So that's kind of what inspired it. And it, like... I, I don't know. I, I kind of stumbled into it. like I've always loved games, so uh, it, it was an awesome thing to stumble into. Um, but I knew I wanted to do something creative. Like I, I, this kind of goes into the game a little bit too, as it's kind of touched on. But uh, and you're from the Midwest too, so I can probably talk about this and you understand. But like my dad, he worked at a factory here, and in the '90s when I was really young, they shipped the factory job to Mexico, and he lost his job. And I kind of saw a bunch of people get screwed over, and it. Basically, a lot of these towns in the Midwest where I'm from are kind of devastated because of the economic, you know, the people just got up and left. Yeah. And like, and seeing that as a very young kid, it kind of gave me an uh, anti-establishment type of attitude. Like, I knew I wanted to do something on my own. Like, I wanted to be my own boss, and I didn't want to work for someone where that would happen to me, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So I always, I always knew that, you know, I didn't know what, how exactly it would take shape, but I wanted to do something creative, and I wanted to be my own boss and have like some type of independent career. So, like, I never, the option of, like, selling cars or, like, being a normal programmer at a studio or something, like, I always had a really strong, uh, I'm not going to do that type of attitude. And it just so happened that I was young enough where, you know, I I was living with my parents when I started doing this, so it's not like I had to worry about bills at the time. But I understand when you're older, you know, you probably can't have quite that attitude and go for it like I did because everyone's from different circumstances, you know. But, yeah, yeah, that was never an option I had in my mind at the time. <laughs> so, nice. And yeah. that's that's good good context for that. Um, I, I guess my version of that, and this is about you, not me, but uh, my version of that was coming sort of coming of age around the time I was getting ready to graduate college and going, I would love to work for a game studio and looking around St. Louis and going, well, I guess I can't because you know? <laughs> at that time there was, um, pop top studios, which okay. I sent them information of mine, like twice completely unsolicited. But, um, by the time it, it would have done me any good, they had been absorbed into, um, I think it was Firaxis. I think Sid Meier actually came through and oh, okay. <laughs> sort of shuffled that off to, okay. uh, you gotcha. know, the coast. So, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, for me, it was like, and in my case, it was like, I'll probably spend some time doing the proper, you know, nine to five thing. But then yeah. the rest of my pursuits will definitely be indie. Just uh, yeah, geographics is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And that's, that's the thing, too, is I never really thought. I don't know. I feel like things have kind of changed in terms of the geographics because like back in the day, you would have to move to like Seattle, San Francisco, or like where there's some type of tech bubble to like meet the right people to make this stuff happen. And yeah. but like that's not. I mean, all the people that I've met that have helped me like get on the platforms and all that, I've met online. And then later, I meet up with them at GDC or the, the conferences or whatever. So I, I feel like in some way, maybe the geographic stuff has changed if you're kind of out to do it by yourself. But like you said, if you're trying to get like a studio job, <laughs> like it is kind of. Uh, well, I guess there is. Like I think we have an epic. Not Epic Games, uh, Riot Games. I think they have an office in St. Louis, right? And yeah, like, Riot there's a, there's is a here. few other ones. Yeah. Um, um, what what what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, there there are a few good places. There's, yeah, there's there's a few. Uh, yeah. But see, but see, I never really even thought about that because I was always so strongly like I'm doing it my way. I'm going independent. I'm doing it from my house type of thing. So I, I actually never even knew about the St. Louis game development scene until I went to GDC. Uh, our game pillar was picked to be showcased at uh, the 2015 GDC, mm-hmm. and I, I met Carol Mertz, who uh, runs the Pixel Pop, and she's like, "Hey, I heard your." She saw uh, I was on TV for Pillar at the time, and her mom saw that and told her about it, and we <laughs> ended up be- meeting at GDC. And she's like, "Hey, I, you're from you're near St. Louis. You should come to Pixel Pop. We actually have stuff going on here for game developers." And I was like, "Oh, really? I had no idea." <laughs> so. That's how that started. I actually didn't even know about any of that stuff when I first started doing this. So, But, yeah, yeah. there is a, a nice uh, development. And it's growing, too, in St. Louis. There's more and more people. Yeah, Carol is cool, and Carol is everywhere somehow. Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, many many times I talk to people, I'm like, well, yeah, uh, if you know Carol Mertz. Yeah, I know Carol Mertz. I'm like, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one interesting thing I want to circle back to is that you – uh, you say you you launched your 360 game when you were 18. The truth is actually, I think that you finished it when you were 17. Had to wait till your birthday. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I love that story. Yeah, it's real bummer. I, I finished it when I was 17. It was a 3D space shooter. Um, I, Rogue Squadron, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, was like one of my favorite games growing up, and I wanted to yeah. make a clone of that, basically. So just like a little small scale clone. Um, and, uh, yeah, I finished it when I was 17. I was all excited about getting it up getting it up there, but there was a legal thing with Microsoft, and for some reason they can't uh, – I think it has to do with payment. Like, you have to be 18 to be paid or something. Yeah. I, it doesn't quite make sense. But, uh, yeah, as soon as I turned 18, that's when we got it going. So <laughs> it was a nice, a nice little 18th birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't imagine. That would be awesome, yeah. <laughs> You're one of the only people I know that I can think of right now, at least, that went to uh, Full Sail University. Tell me what that's like, and is that something you're happy that you did? Yeah, so that was a um, – my decision to go to college was mainly I wanted a backup plan. Uh, I wanted the degree. Again, kind of going back because my dad didn't go to college, and he had that factory job. And then after all that left, you know, he was like, well, I wish I would have went to college because <laughs> now oh, that's yeah, gone. Sure. And so it was a big, like – it was just a backup thing. I honestly didn't even – I hated high school. I hated school. I always – like I was like a CB student maybe. I – yeah. I always wanted to just get it done, go home and work on my creative projects. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed Full Sail. And I knew I wanted to go there because they were very hands-on. And I could tell that from the information that they gave me. And I went on a tour and it seemed geared towards just like hand-on, hands-on creative people. Like it just felt like a nice fit for me. Um, and I, I went there and I, I got my four-year bachelor's degree in two years. So I, I was on the accelerated program and it was super, super intense. Yeah. Uh, I was actually the only person from my starting class 
that uh, graduated from the starting class. And there was like 35 or 40 of us. Wow. But really the only reason I made it through is because I was making games before and I like referenced my old projects for certain schoolwork and I had a little bit – so I, I had help, right, because I yeah. had done some of those things before. That's the only thing I credit that to. But uh, yeah, it was super intense and I, I learned um, – you know, I was a self-taught programmer before then. So I kind of got like the proper programming education um, and, you know, some of the things I learned there really helped me uh, – cut down development time in the future. Some people ask me, like, should I go to Full Sail and they're looking for a recommendation? And the, the truth is, like, it depends on the type of person. Like, if you're looking, if you're like a very, um, i trying to think of the word to describe it, like, if you're very academically successful, you know, you're very good at taking tests and you, you know, you study hard, you're like a bookworm type of person, it actually might not be the best choice. Like I said, it's just very intense. Like, it's, you're always doing hands-on projects and it's like very, some of the classes were at like 1 a.m. in the morning, um, you have to. It's, I'd say, like, if you're very passionate about what you're doing, and see, the thing is, some people would go to the school and not, they're not even sure if they want to program. And yeah. those people, I feel like, got weeded out really fast. But like, what I'm trying to say is, if you're really passionate, you know, you want to program games or whatever it is you want to go for, it's definitely a good experience. But just know what you're getting into, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know, yeah. I know what you mean because I went for an associates at ITT Tech, which was a little bit the same thing. Like, you have to know exactly what you want. Yeah. You have to really hit the ground running a little bit because it was the same kind of story. We had 30, 45 people, and I think three of us made it total. Oh, well, yeah. and, and instead of being that cool thing I can look back at, now I have to go, also the feds shut it down last year or whatever. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, I didn't um, know that, but okay, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's yeah. the sort of thing that like, yeah, and you're going to get what you put out of into it. And uh, you'll you'll come away ready to go if, in fact, you go in. You know, you got to go looking to you know kick a little bit of butt. Yeah, and I the biggest thing I took away from it was the networking. Like it was so awesome to just be around people that were so passionate about making games and like people I went. So one guy that was in my final project, there were six people on the final project team. Two of them went to work on Red Dead Redemption Two. Wow. Um, so that, that was it's, you know I keep up with everybody and everybody's doing really awesome things and. It was a really special time. It just went by so fast because it was so intense, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's nice to see somebody as dedicated to staying indie as you because it, I, I don't think you'd have much trouble getting in somewhere if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I've had people, like, offer me stuff. I, I just, yeah, I want to be indie. <laughs> like, it's what I've always wanted to do. I, like, I want to work on the projects that I want to work on. Like, yeah. I pick games I feel like are very... Uh, uh, the last few games, I guess you could say, are very niche, like very uh, specific types of games I'm interested in making. I can never do that in the studio system. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just indie's a good fit for me, and I'm happy doing what I'm doing. So. Yeah. Now, tell me, you've you've had opportunities to ship out on consoles twice, at least that I can think of, and one was a little while ago now, and one was fairly recent, and now you're doing it again on a different uh, system. So, tell me, like, has it changed? And has it always been like very different from just putting something up on Steam? Yeah, it's definitely uh, more work because yeah. you have um, they have each each system has a different name for it. But basically, it's like a checklist of quality assurance things you have to go through and test. Mm-hmm. Um, and back in the day, like when I first started doing this, luckily I never like when I did my Xbox 360 games, I didn't do the uh, proper publishing route. So I never had to go through the quality assurance checklist. But back in the day, at that time, it was really crazy, if, from what I've heard. Um, yeah. They had like a whole bunch of stuff you had to test. And they've really kind of cut down on that. So if you're just like a single person, it's a lot easier to get through. But it's still extra work. Um, you know, I spent at least a couple of weeks. And especially if it's the first time going through a platform, it can really set you back like three to four weeks. Because, 
each console kind of has specific little nitpicky things that they want to test for in your game and so on. So it's a little more work and just the general getting your game up and running on a console. Uh, sometimes it can be tricky. Like I've, my games are written in C sharp um, using back in the day, there was a framework called XNA mm-hmm. and that was a Microsoft framework that let anyone make Xbox 360 games, but then they discontinued that. Yeah. Um, and then an open source version of it called mono game kind of came out of the ashes and that's what I use now and some there's been some issues because like the PS4 port of my games I was able to still use a C-sharp version of mono game but then on other platforms like uh, Switch and Xbox One C-sharp uh, stuff isn't supported hmm. so the mono game people they've actually and the guy's name's Tom Spillman he's like the best programmer I've ever met he made a tool that basically converts C-sharp code to native C++ <laughs> so wow. we used to joke about this back in the day like, I, I made jokes about I'm going to make a, some type of compiler so you, you can get the easiness of writing C-sharp code but then the efficiency of the C++ native side yeah, sure. and it, was, it, was, it was just like a joke I, but then this guy went and did it and <laughs> So, Nailed but yeah, that, that's what I that's what I use for the Xbox One and uh, Switch versions of my games. Is so there's a little bit of a delay. Was what, that was the point I was trying to make? Like I couldn't immediate pillar couldn't come out for Xbox One originally because of technical, like it, it literally wouldn't run there. But now that he's got or Tom's got the uh, the C sharp to C plus plus converter, it's called Brute. I'm able to basically ship on any platform. So to answer your original question, it's a lot more difficult than just putting it up on Steam. But in the end, I feel like it's always worth it. Uh, I, I'm more of a console gamer, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I came up as well. And only uh, opened up to the world of PC here in the last, I don't know, 10 years probably. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And, yeah, and no, you know, if you're, if you're an indie developer or you're learning to do game jams or whatever it is, uh, it's, <laughs> if you don't do anything for the PC, you're going to have a pretty bad time. Yeah, yeah, PC's big for... That type of stuff. Along the lines of PC, you recently told Polygon, and this is something we all <laughs> talked a little bit about in the uh, St. Louis Developer Co-op Facebook group, but uh, you, you told Polygon, and you were one of the only people to put your actual name on your <laughs> on your yeah. quote about this, but you said there are people making quality titles that are getting the same level of support as troll games that were made in three days, then Valve takes 30% cut for doing next to nothing. Yeah, I was a little harsh with what I said. I, 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 I kind of regret like the tone of my attitude, but like I knew that it was going to get a lot of views. Um, like I, I hate being this guy that like is kind of uh, has the attitude, like kind of a negative attitude. But sure. I knew that like a lot of people have been really mad at Steam, and they've been there's a lot of work I think they could be doing to make things better, especially for smaller developers. And I knew that when I was talking to this guy, a lot of eyeballs were going to be on this, so I yeah. wanted to kind of put a little, give him some juicy quotes because we've tried to. So I'm part of this um, mailing list for the Indie Mega Booth, and sure. the Indie Mega Booth is a group of indie developers that show their game at like GDC and PAX. And a few years back, um, we put together a survey, basically telling Valve, "Hey, you know, we have a lot of concerns about this, this, and this, and we'd like to see you address that." And you know, we we did it all in private, and we sent it to them, and there was no feedback whatsoever. They basically ignored. And I mean, there's like hundreds and hundreds of developers in this group. It was quite a you know. Yeah. a big undertaking and you know I, I my mind says like well you know we tried to take the concerns private and they're not going to listen and you know we're dealing with kind of corporate bureaucracy type of thing the only times that those people seem to listen is when someone whines and make it makes a bunch of noise so that's that, that was what was in my mind when i gave those quotes is i need to kind of you know give them some juicy stuff so hopefully they'll <laughs> listen and actually do something about it and yeah, actually I, I do think that article had an impact so yeah, yeah. that's where some of that hot sauce came from then <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. 
and, and I, I knew, I thought, like, there's got to be something specific on his mind, because that, that was pretty, that was, uh, I, out of character is not, like, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, that was, like, very direct down to business, and, you know, it seems like maybe they hopefully were paying attention. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and there's a lot of pushback from some people in the article, too, um, by developers that, basically we're saying that I had no idea what I was talking about and I don't, I'm not making an effort to talk to valve and stuff. But again, the people that made that criticism, kind of like what was talked about in the article, like they have a valve representative and they've had success and they had their game featured. It's like, like how that works is like such a black box that no one understands. Um, and yeah, I mean, basically we had launched path of modus and I, and they didn't give it any type of boost. And the only sales basically came from people I was directing myself. And that was such a stark difference between how, I was working with Microsoft and Sony, you know, they had people there I could talk to and pitch ideas to, you know, I, I could tell them, Hey, you know, I'd like to ship on this day. Do you have any opportunities we could, you know, help get more eyeballs on the game? And they were very helpful. And basically, you know, my last two games, they, they weren't like huge successes, but, uh, combined modus and pillar have been downloaded by like half a million people. Yeah. And I actually credit all of that to like me building relationships with Sony and Microsoft and working with them to get these kind of marketing efforts and so on. And a lot of the indies that have had major success, they never put any money into like Facebook ads. It was working with the console people, getting uh, getting marketing opportunities and things like that. And then when I look at Valve and they're not doing any of that, I have like no contact. I mean, it's it's true. And people push back and they're like, well, Valve is very receptive, but they were kind of talking about like technical support. And yes, hmm. like they have a message board there that you can post technical concerns and they reply. But I'm talking about like having a representative that I can talk to and pitch ideas, tell them, hey, my game's coming out this day. Is there anything we can do to get some more eyeballs on the game? Like, they're totally hands-off with that. Yeah. And it's just to the point now where, like, it's just really frustrating because a lot of the smaller developers are kind of being screwed over mm-hmm. by them, I feel like, because they're just they're not putting in... I mean, it, what, what I said in the article, I mean, yeah, it has a little extra snark, but I kind of stand by what I said. <laughs> sure, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds fair. And, and I'm wondering if uh, Epic's new store maybe lights a fire under them a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was really excited to see that. And I could tell, I mean, I don't know for sure if they read the article, but I, I get the feeling that they did because a lot of the stuff that they're doing, like, d- uh, addresses the concerns that we all had in that article. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, so far it looks like it's being, you know, like, and that's another criticism people are saying about, you know, because back in the day, like, people were criticizing Valve about being too curated, right? Like, they need to be more open, and then they kind of just let the open, you know, opened up the floodgates, and now we're saying you know, there, there needs to be more curation, and... Like, like, there's a happy balance, I feel like, you yeah. know, like, and I'm hoping, it seems like Epic is trying to hit that balance. We'll see, it's too early to tell, but uh, I actually emailed them, and I got a response, and it seems like they're wanting to work with smaller developers, but not until later this year. Right now, their schedule seems pretty booked, so we'll see, we'll see yeah. what happens. <laughs> I uh, I brought up Epic in an article, or not an article, but an episode of the podcast a couple of weeks ago where where someone had asked me, they said, what do you think about the Epic Store because you're an Unreal developer, or a Unity developer, sorry. And I said, um, to tell you the truth, I, f- I don't think it'll be an issue right away, but based on Tim Sweeney's sort of stances on things around the web, I said, there could come sort of a conflict with Unity if they did the wrong thing that he thought was bad for the industry or something, and then it might become yeah. an issue. And people kind of bristled at that, like, whoa, easy. And then uh, the next day, they they went with Improbable and created that fund to move developers away from Unity. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's an interesting time for, uh, for all kinds of de- developers, I would say. 
Yeah, I mean, ideally, it would be nice if, like, itch would take off, itch.io, itch.io, like, yeah. that would be nice. I, I mean, I, I like that storefront, but the thing is, like, I, it's, right now, it's just so um, geared towards, like, small niche indie games, and, like, I dig that, and I know probably you dig that, and other people do, but, like, yeah. the, the market at large is not, I think, going to move to that anytime soon, you know? Yeah. So, uh, we'll see, I don't know, we'll see what happens. It's it's hard, because I, I love the guys who run it. Itch.io. Uh, I've I've had some conversations with them. I even reached out to them and said, if I was able to sell an article like a in depth interview with you guys uh, to like an editor, would you be interested in that? They said absolutely. Tell us anytime, and we'll be happy to do that. And then, like you said, it's sort of focused on smaller indie stuff and little things. And even though you can do really cool stuff, they've got awesome build tools. You can yeah. go run your own jam there. Um, yeah. A lot of the big sites and stuff, they're really not as into it, and it's. Yeah. I, I I do think that hurts it, but like, do they have a responsibility to make sure itch succeeds? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, from what I understand, I'm not super like educated on like the people that run it and how they start it. But from what I understand, I think it was just kind of a they were just doing it for fun type of thing. Like, I think the people that run it aren't, aren't they even developers themselves? I think. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I think it kind of started from that mindset, which I like. Yeah. Like, and it's it's very developer friendly, and you can even choose like the percentage that they take for the cut. Like, everything's about it. Everything about it is super awesome, except for the fact I just don't think the average gamer, because you know they want like stuff that has the bigger releases and so on. But I mean, for like a niche indie store, that's 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 my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, we talked about how Path of no- Modus is a little bit of a niche thing, but I. I think it does have a lot of broad appeal. Like there, it controls like a dream. Like the puzzles are really fun. Uh, Thank you. I, I had parts where I was going through it and playing it, and I thought like, okay, I kind of had to bring a little bit of my A game to get through some of this stuff, and in terms <laughs> yeah. of timing and platforms and stuff. And so I enjoyed that a lot. But I, I do think it's fair to say that it was maybe crafted to resonate strongest with a pretty particular audience. Uh, at least in terms of people who will really get what you're what you're laying down, I, I'm curious more than just the general reception. Like from that group, what what are some of the kind of stories you've heard people uh, reach out? What what kind of feedback have you gotten from that that core audience that you're going for? Yeah, I mean, and it's it's strange. I couldn't even tell you like specifically what the core audience like. It's not like a specific demographic. I guess it's more like people that have had certain life experiences mm-hmm. or like share certain aspirations in life or something i i I don't know and i I know like from a marketing standpoint that's horrible because you're supposed to know like what age group and what you know but it's more of like people that have had certain life experiences um and i I started to um i had an idea that the game was going to resonate with people as i kind of tested it at conventions because i i've I've shown games at conventions in the past but people were playing this game for some people were playing this game for super long times i like (laughs) i had some people that would stay for like hours a couple hours and beat almost the entire thing and sometimes this would happen at PAX where there's like a ton of stuff to do, right? So yeah. I, that was like so authentic. I mean, I had one guy that actually I, <laughs> I, I, I try to cut people off in because it's a demo, but he was so into it, I just let him beat the whole game. <laughs> this, this was at a convention in Atlanta, and then I he beat the game, left, and I swear to you, he came back and wanted to play again. And it was just like I don't know. You, you, eventually, stuff like that happens enough, and I had like kids play it that really loved it, and kids seem to be really honest about feedback, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll tell you what they really think about it and they seem to enjoy it. So I, I after that, I was like, okay, I, we maybe we have something here. Um, and then when the release came around, I worked with a PR agency to get the review codes out mm-hmm. and we had an embargo date. I think it was for the release day, uh, right on release day. And a couple of days before, as people, as the critics were starting to play the game, I received uh, like two or three emails 
um, with people like writing a paragraph. They like went and tracked down my email and they're telling me how much they connected with the game. And some people were even saying like it made them like break down and cry. Wow. And these were like these were like critics, you know. Wow, I've, never, yeah. <laughs> I've never had that happen. Like that really surprised me. I was like, man, I, I I've never had a critic like have that type of like. Usually my experience has been they they don't want to personalize or like sure. be friendly with me at all because they might like tear me down. So they don't want to like be buddy buddy with me or whatever. But here yeah. they were like saying that type of thing, um, like giving me really honest like personal paragraphs of their experience. And then the game actually came out. The player I had player response, same type of thing. People. Or deeply seem to be deeply moved by it, and uh, like all my creative, um, you know, I was hoping that the game would inspire people in real life to do whatever they're wanting to do, like pursue some type of creative endeavor. And there were certain like goals I had with it, and it, like I think all of that was met because I had I had some people tweet me, and they said, well, "I just beat the path of modus, and I'm ready to start learning how to make games on my own." Like they're like motivated to do their own thing, and nice. that was really cool. And just like I said, just kind of the emotional response that some people had. But it was also the reception was also interesting because, you know, I, I seem to have a tendency now of like making games that are, are really divisive to people. And Pillar, it was, I knew that game was kind of weird. But with Modus, I was hoping it'd have a little more general appeal. Yeah. But it was it was kind of the same thing. Like there, I would read reviews from people, and like sometimes it'd be like nine nine out of ten, and they would like list what they really resonated with, and it'd be like a certain platforming section. Um, and then I read a negative review and that same thing that the other person praised the game for was like a major source of criticism. Yeah. And like, that's so weird to read that because like, I've always kind of proud it. Like I've tried to be a person that a lot of people, they, they don't even read the reviews, but I try to just to kind of discern like, what's the thing here that a lot of people say is a problem. I can learn for that for the future, but I really couldn't do that this time because literally, like <laughs> I said, this, the same thing that really resonated with certain people, other people would like bash down and say it was horrible. Yeah. And, a lot, and a lot of it came from like the platforming design which I knew I made some weird choices, but there were times where I wanted people to feel kind of like beat down and kind of overwhelmed. And instead yeah. of trying to like beat it, like fight back with force, I wanted it to be more like a puzzle. Like you started thinking about ways to get around and like people that like, that was one of the biggest issues of criticism. Like people didn't like that in the respawn enemies, things like that. But the other people, that's what they did like. And it's, so con- <laughs> it's so confusing, you know, but like overall, like it's, it's definitely been my most well-received game. Like I still, like I find, People just writing such strong, positive. Like they seem to have a really strong emotional connection with it. Um, yeah. but, but like you say, you know, if you look at the general reception, yeah, it's been kind of divisive. But the people that like it, it's been really, really strong, and I'm I'm pretty proud of how it's done. Yeah. It is for a particular audience, but it sort of transcends the normal categories. It's like creative people, people thinking about what career choice they want to make or what path they want to go in their own lives. And it's like, what, what age do you put on that? Who knows? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But if you're, it, if you're thinking, if you're introspective about some things in your life, maybe it's for you, you know, and that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely, if, if you're an introspective type of person, you'll get something out of it. And, you know, I was actually really worried at, at first. And there were some people that said, I, I, I remember a couple of reviews I read. They're like, I don't think any kid could play this game. And at first, I, I shared that concern as well. I was like, I think the puzzles might be too hard, and the platforming, like these brutal sections, might be too much. But uh, actually, like during my playtest sessions, like young children played the game better than adults. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, you know, it's I don't know. It's and it, like I, like you said, well, in the game, you actually grow older. You start off as a kid, and you grow into an adult. And my mentality was, excuse me, my mentality was, I wanted to touch on themes for each chapter of life so in the kids chapter i was trying to touch on things i was thinking about as a kid at that age and then the teenager 
level is the same type of thing, right? So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, this might this should have broad appeal. No matter what age group you are, you'll, you'll hopefully it'll resonate with one of the chapters. That was yeah. kind of my mentality, but I'm, I'm not sure if that came across. But I tried. <laughs> I can tell you, my only kid is four, so he didn't. He didn't grab the controller, but uh, he did watch me play it. We were hanging out together in the toy room, and I just I okay. used my Steam link to put it up on the TV screen and got to play it that way, which was fun. And he loved the sound design, like the the music and stuff. He was super into it. And when I turned it off at one point to come back later, he goes, can you turn that back on? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so oh, uh, he, he's a fan of your music at the very least. And I, I think he really enjoyed the art, too, and the bright colors and some of the cool stuff that was going on. So yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the, it's bright colors for a while that gets really drab. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it, dark. It, but yeah, I, I think cool. the I think the variation was sort of spot on. I, I really liked the sort of the pacing and how it went uh, for being a relatively short experience. You know, it's oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's definitely what I was going for. And that's another source of criticism is people were saying it's too short, and I. I I don't know. It's just like this is one of those games I didn't want to overstay the welcome because like each part of the game is a specific thing. Like I didn't want there to be any filler, right? Each thing is there for a specific reason, you know. So it's just it's just one of those games I I felt you know three or four hour experience somewhere in there is good. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You've also started a YouTube channel, and I want to hear a little bit about your motivation for that and what direction it's going. Like if you're still engaged with it, um, tell me about that. Yeah. So actually, that started. because I would just run into people that knew about stuff I was doing and they just wanted to know how can I get into video games or how can I learn programming or, you know, on in real life and offline. Yeah. Or I said that wrong. On the internet <laughs> and off of the internet, uh, right. I'd run into people um, that would ask me. And eventually I just kept repeating the same stuff over and over. I was like, well, I mean, I can organize. And that's when I did the um, the motivational kind of here's my life story video or whatever that's on the pathofmost.com. Because I was just repeating all that stuff over and over. So I was like, I'll just make a video of that. And then I'll, I, I wanted to do some programming videos to show people how to program. So we have two series. Um, there's the Intro to Programming series. That's for, like, absolute beginners. I teach the basic concepts of uh, how to program in C Sharp and so on. And then there's a series after that where I show people how to make their own game engine that can make 2D games. And basically, we just recreate what I use for my games. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, we have a few other videos there right now. Um, we have a couple on marketing. I, I gave a talk at Full Sail a few months ago, and um, one of the instructors there recorded that and gave it to me, so I put that up. Oh, nice. But for, for the uh, most part, I've actually been... I haven't been putting up a whole lot of content as much as I'd like, and people keep buzzing me like, hey, when can we get more videos? <laughs> and I, I'd like to do a design series eventually, but... I don't know. Like lately, I've had said I've had second thoughts about a lot of that stuff because I don't feel like I'm that I'm good enough to really uh, like I'm still learning things. I just don't feel confident to put a lot of my thoughts out there just yet. <laughs> I understand, sure. Yeah, because I like a lot of people, especially in you go to certain conventions. I feel like a lot of people they're eager to just get up there and start talking, but a lot of times they maybe don't even have a whole lot of experience. And they just want to kind of give their opinion on stuff. And I was definitely like that when I first started, and I. I just don't want to be that person. I don't want to say something until I really am 100% sure that I believe in what I'm telling you. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know? Um, I would maybe offer up a slightly alternative perspective on that. Um, two things. One, I think probably the only people who should make content like that are people who doubt themselves a little bit. Because <laughs> I think yeah. I, I think otherwise you end up with that person who's up there and he's like, I bought some new shoes today and now I'm going to talk about C++ and yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever I feel like. Are there any questions yet? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is, I, I think if you gave people a choice of 
you know, th this one guy is an expert. He's worked in nothing but C sharp for the last 15 years. And he, he's written a couple of books or whatever, but this guy has shipped two console games. And who do you want to hear from? <laughs> I think more often you're going to hear from the, you, you'll want to hear from the guy who goes, here's what I learned here is how I applied it. And it got me to the finish line. And it takes all kinds. You do have to have the people with that super in-depth knowledge to go to when things have yeah. hit the wall and you need help and everything. But if they are, if they only use it to argue on Stack Overflow, you know, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think it. I think it takes all kinds. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's nice to have a variety of stuff. I, I just fear that like, so you know, the last couple of videos I did were just kind of like rain, random brain dumps I've had about because I'm still trying to figure things out and like I. I, I'm still really far from where I want to be, like with my game, with my career, right? Like, sure. I mean, I'm I'm proud with what I've done, but there's still a long ways to go, and I don't know. And then it, when I just do these like little brain dumps of here's what I'm thinking about, it's like, well, why, like, why do I think I'm important enough? I don't. There's just like kind of an ego thing. I love that sort. Of, I don't know if that makes sense, but I just feel like I'm being kind of egotistical to think like my brain dumps are important to people and stuff, and I just. Uh, it kind of irks me out, so I back away from it. But then, but people keep asking for more content, so eventually I'll, I'll do something. But yeah. I, I think it's what they've started to categorize as imposter syndrome. And <laughs> I, I, guess, yeah. I get it. I go through it. But in your case, I, I don't think it's warranted. Let me just say that. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so uh, I guess that brings us to a good point to ask, uh, what do you think is coming up for you? I yeah I mean after the path of modus came out like I had a bit of a crisis like I mean nothing I don't want to like dramatize but I spent three years on that and like I just turned 26 and it's like this isn't I like I'm starting to you know I'm, I'm going towards 30 and it's like is this really what I want to do is work because it, like doing this indie game thing like it's a lot of work and like it's so much work like you can never quite get in return like monetarily like what I put into it right like oh, the yeah. game was it wasn't a huge success and I, and I feel bad because like the artist guy like he that it was made by two people my friend Gonzalo Antunes and myself and he put so much work into it and you know I, I wish I could pay him so much more than what I'm able to and you know and he, you know I, I just a lot of these things I go through my mind like is this what I want to do and the answer eventually after I go through this little crisis period is like yes I want to keep making games but like I want to not repeat this like three-year yeah process again and like in i it wasn't even meant to be three years you know like we were gonna do it in a year and a half and it just spiraled out of control and i just made a lot of mistakes production wise i'm hoping to not repeat again and again see I, this is why i don't like talking about this stuff because it sounds like i'm on some drama binge but like my social no. life really took a hit in the last five years because all i've done is like work on these games yeah. and i enjoy working on them right but like i have to learn how to you know, after the eight-hour workday, I step aside and go do something out, you know, go out of the house and exercise and do healthy things. And because if I don't do that stuff, I'm not going to want to keep doing this, right? And right. I, I think that's what my little breakdown was trying to tell me. Like, you know, I'm happy with this work and it's working out and, you know, I'll get by financially. That's all fine. But if you don't take care of yourself mentally and do this, you know, have some type of proper work day, you're going to end up hating this stuff. And, uh so like that that's a lot of the thing that's been on my mind is you know I want to pick a project that is not because I know now that what's like really how long something's really going to take at least I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Interview me again in 3 years and we'll see what I say. <laughs> so like I, I'm, I'm hoping in, yeah. to yeah, I'm hoping to pick a game that I really can execute well in like a year, yeah. you know, hopefully like 8 months to a year and I'd like to do something that's not so like emotionally intense cuz pillar in the path of most like they're 
they're like I, I think they're fun games, but they're also like very emotionally draining, like kind of intense games. And I like to maybe do like a comedy game because yeah. I think I feel like people. Um, I like to think I'm a funny person. I have a sense of humor, and I feel like a lot of people that know my work, like they think I'm like the art game guy making like these serious things or whatever. And that's not why I want people to know me by. Like I like to just joke around and have fun too. So maybe I'll do some type of comedy game and uh, experiment with different genres. And that's just that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I've been busy with the Switch port for Modus. Yeah. And once that gets out, we'll kind of bunker down and probably prototype some stuff and figure out for sure what I'm going to do. So. Cool, and that's the other thing. Tell us where uh, people can find your work. What's what uh, you know? Switch port is coming up. They should definitely check that out. And uh, what else can they see of yours around the web? Yeah, so I mean, I usually redirect people to my Twitter. So my Twitter is at Michael Arts Game. I basically just kind of tweet when I have news. Um, you can also go to MichaelArts.net. That's my website, and we have a mailing list. Um, that's that's probably the best way to stay connected with me. I don't uh, I don't spam like I, I maybe send one email a year. Like whenever I have a new project to announce is when I'll send something. So those are probably the best two ways to stay connected with me. Sure. And uh, yeah, um, the Path of Modus is available now on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. The Switch pre-orders will open next week on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, I think that's everything. And on your website, there are some very awesome uh, rap videos which I recommend. <laughs> I really well, enjoyed well, it's that. Fun, it's funny because I, I think we're going to do something based around that music project for my next game. I think oh, so. Oh, please do. Yes, I, I think so. Because that's, that's the kind of satire mood I want to go for. So <laughs> very, very cool. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. And we will definitely check back in and see which direction things went for you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. All right, thanks again to Michael Hicks. That was an awesome time we had talking with him. If you want to check out Path of Modus or any of his other creative projects, you can do that by checking out michaelarts.net or you can go to Twitter. If you uh, want to check out the Game Dev Breakdown podcast and subscribe or leave a rating review, you can do that at iTunes, Google Play. We're available anywhere podcasts are distributed, and I'm happy to say we're on Spotify now as well. So check us out, leave us a topic or an idea or some feedback. We love hearing from you guys, and uh, we will bring you more fun stuff next chance we get. And until then, keep up the good work. My name's Todd Mitchell. Catch you next time. <laughs>